Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Nights with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Uh, good evening and welcome once again to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. We've got an action-packed show lined up for you. Tony is going to be on the phone talking about his upcoming fight with David Hare. Josh Warrington's going to be here as well talking about his first attempts at becoming a world champion as he shows down with Lee Selby. Michael Conlon's going to be on talking about changing trainers. He's uh, now residing alongside the likes of Adam Booth. And live from the States, Gareth A. Davis will be here as he's been meeting up with the one and only son of God himself, Andre Ward. By, by popular demand, by the way, this week, to co-present the show, mainly because he's working from next weekend. <laughs> we managed to blag him to come and sit alongside <laughs> us. Uh, the former uh, Cruiserweight Champion of the World, Johnny Nelson is in the studio. How are you, buddy? You good? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's nice to be back. Well, it's nice to be able to get you because from next week, obviously, you'll be at the O2 I've got Arena. Job thing. Proper job, yeah. <laughs> Television on the job next week because that's when it all gets underway, yeah, especially here in the UK. Uh, for a little bit of Lawrence O'Coley and uh, Isaac Chamberlain, we're dead excited about that. We'll probably be talking about it throughout the course of uh, the show. But if you want to get involved throughout any uh, period of time. Uh, over the next two hours, you're more than welcome to do so. 08717 You can text on 81089 and you can tweet me directly at Adam Catterall. We're going to keep you up to date as well throughout the course of the show uh, with uh, everything that's happening in Latvia at this moment in time in the World Boxing Super Series semi-final cruiserweights uh, between Bredis and uh, Usyk, both men just uh, making their ways to the ring at this moment in time. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date with that throughout the course of the morning. Um, failing that, I think it's only fair that we talk about the uh, the big stories of the week. Very newsy, that, isn't it? Very newsy, that. Did you like that? I thought you were going to start tying up your tie and everything. I am. This is a little bit Trevor, <laughs> this is a bit Trevor McDonald, this, yeah, mate. Trevor McDonald. Uh, well, let's go for uh, the first big story of the week, because uh, the first big action of the year was Errol Spence Jr. Lamont Peterson last oh weekend in the welterweight division. We kind of spoke about it in the build-up, getting dead excited about it. You saw him first hand against your mate, Kel Brook. Yeah. Errol Spence really is the truth, is he not? You know what? When he came and did a job on, on, uh, on Kel, you thought, was it Kel not making away is this kid really that good but then after last week's performance mm. he is just outstanding i'm talking this boy can jump up in weights and he, he did it with ease didn't even have to get out of first gear on point on Won every, every round level. didn't he on every level and to do that to, to peterson peterson's a messy kind of fight he doesn't make it easy for you and i just saw 
respect due to the match. What did you make of um, the corner work? Because I thought it was absolutely spot on. You spot know what on, I mean? spot on. And, and, and listen, and this is what you want, because it's a courageous thing to do to pull your fighter out because you're thinking, should I, should I give him one yeah. more round? What should I do? And a lot of the times you see the cornermen getting brave with the fighters inside the ring. I think it's it's a situation where your fighter lives to fight another day. You know, too much is too much. Absolutely. And I think it was just out, out, out foxed, out boxed, out classed. Well, he's the IBF champion, is Mr. Spence. Yeah. Mr. Spence Jr., should I say. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Mr. Thurman, who holds two of yeah. those belts. Yeah. Uh, do you want to see Thurman, or do you want to hang on to see if Terence Crawford can pick up the WBO belt? I, I think Thurman's the the the, the next the, the natural next step. And I know I know they um, uh, Spence has been calling him out for a while. They're thinking uh, Thurman's making up excuses after excuses. I don't think that's the case. I think it'll be be a really intriguing chess mm. match between the both of them. Uh, and I think uh, Spence will be the attacker on that. And and and, and Thurman's got to use his boxing skills and ability. It's a toughie. It is a toughie. But after last week's performance. You'd look at Spence and think, Spence, you know what? I can see you shutting him down. Mm. And Thurman's a class act. I hope that we get to see it this year. But we've heard this week through Showtime's uh, announcement of the schedule. Thurman's out in May. Mm. Spence is back out in June. We might get it October, November, December. Little Christmas present. We might get lucky. We might get something in there. There you go. That's uh, round one. Let's get into round two getting good this isn't it it's like the, the, it's like the bongs <laughs> on Big Ben this, mate. this is how this is going down um, Andre Ward has hinted this week oh, hinted he's not been retired long enough to even hint I might be coming back well he's getting itchy mate he's getting itchy he's telling everybody he's weighing £199 that he yeah. fancies having a little bit of a ding dong what do you reckon of that well let's see how the land lies in the cruiserweight division because that's what he's talking about is right he talking now. cruiserweights or is he thinking that he can go up like I what Roy Jones used to yeah, do I can understand that but I just think you know what with, the, with modern heavyweights now realistically realistically yeah. he's thinking can I do this? Cruiserweights, maybe. Heavyweights, that's a big, big no-no. Or maybe he's just having a little, little bit of a dance with his all. I think he's it. having a dance. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, but I think heavyweights is just a, a step too far. How hard is it, once you have packed it in, to not come back and have another bit of a go? Listen, because no, this guy's got an unblemished record. I, he's the best of the best. I get that. And, the, 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 you know, Lennox Lewis was the one, to, to me, he, 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 he set a, a stall out to basically say, look, retire at the top uh, and then they all start doing it. and Andre Ward doing it I thought massive respect the hardest thing mm. is to let it go it takes a fighter five years to get the bug out of the system and the only way they're going to do that is not going to boxing gym not training in a box train anywhere else because what happens is you spar you're seeing guys that are going out fighting you're battering them in sparring thinking I can still do it <laughs> and, and it's just hard to stay away so the best thing to do get out of the gym don't not go in a boxing gym for at least five years because it takes that long to get out of the system. But a fighter is always a fighter. He always thinks he's a fighter in his head. Yeah. Even when he's like 51. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something there? No, no, no. Are we having another go? No, no, no. Let's get into round three. Uh, tonight we are seeing uh, Alexander Usyk uh, do his thing in the cruiserweight division. Massive. Fight. His fellow countryman in uh, Vasyl Lomachenko is ringside tonight, and yeah. we heard overnight last night from his uh, promoter Bob Aaron that Vasyl Lomachenko's moving up in weight, lightweight. Yeah. You are on notice, oh, boys. My, you are on yeah. notice. Mikey Garcia, look out! That's a great fight. To great look fight. To great Linares, fight. Look, great Linares fight. Linares again. I'd like to see him with Garcia though, because Garcia's a class act as well. But would Garcia be too big for him? Do you think? You know what? If you can move up, you can move up. And Garcia, you'd expect him to be too big for him. You'd expect him yeah. to, to have everything, everything expected him because he's the one. He's a big boy in school. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you see, Lomachenko, he's, he's on it, man. He's on it. So you can't write him off. You can't say 
too much is too much because it, so far so good he's like watertight he's very very good on every level can it what you can't catch yeah that's right that, that's fit, right. that footwork is strictly come dancing type footworks, stuff if footworks everything that's what we were born on in our gym footworks is the key to success well the the Ingle gym when Johnny was there was obviously uh, drilled on footwork very similar to what you saw in uh, uh, Rocky 3 with Rocky and uh, Apollo Creed when <laughs> they were, the chickens when they were chicken, chasing the chickens <laughs> when they were doing the dances from side to step the, 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 the box step that's how you used to get down wasn't it listen you don't understand Brendan had you dance into the inks box in the gym inks box who are they you know he'd have his old record player playing but footwork was everything you could not hit a bag you could not do anything until you did at least an hour or two on the footwork you'd be in the gym three or four weeks yeah. and not be able to do anything else but footwork so a lot of fighters disappeared out of the gym because they found it boring footwork is everything you get a fight with good footwork the rest comes naturally as Mr Lomachenko proves and as hopefully Mr Usyk because I've tipped him for the World Boxing Super Series is going to prove tonight there's your big three this week on fight night Um, just quickly before we go to Dom and uh, to Latvia, what did you make of uh, the schedule from uh, Showtime Throne this week? We obviously knew quite a few of the fights that have been made. Wilder Ortiz, yeah. you guys oh, are out there. Because Sky have got that as well yeah, here man, in the UK, you know, so you can the, see the, that Wilder in the early Ortiz hours of the morning. I, originally, I said, when this fight was made and it fell to pieces and then it's been made again, I said, this is Wilder's defining fight as, as, as a professional so far. Yeah. Even though he's, he's world champion, he needs somebody like Ortiz, the guy that was number five in the world. Everyone developed amnesia when it talked about fighting somebody else. <laughs> he's the, the bogeyman, wasn't he? Yeah. He's the bogeyman. And, and Wilder has pursued and pursued and pursued this fight. This, to me, is his defining fight. This is his fight. Mm. If he does a, a job on Ortiz, trust me, in the ring that night, he'll be saying, I want Anthony Joshua next. It'll be none of this politics saying, give me this, give me that. He'll say, I want this fight next. If he does a job in the ring, this is a tough fight. Yep. This is a big shout. And I, I'm so intrigued and I, I'm so happy we, we're going to be ringside watching that one as well. There you go. March 3rd for UK Fight fans. That will be on Sky Sports in the early hours of March the 4th that mm. morning. Well, Johnny doesn't need to know that because he'll, he'll be in New York enjoying himself watching that, uh, like you said, up close and personal. Uh, the one that sticks out for me on the whole schedule, apart from that one, Adonis Stevenson, Badu Jack. Badu Jack yeah. obviously moving up in weight. That's a great knock, isn't it? You know what? They must give Adonis Stevenson so much leeway because he doesn't fight that often. And he doesn't fight anybody, does That's it, really? Right. Of any real anybody. major note. And then this has popped up. I'm thinking, this is intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Is it time for him to uh, to, to move on? We don't know. Well, let's see what he's been doing all this time. See if all that, that long left done him any favours at all. So, again, another good, good fight. Great fight. There's some crackers on there, and we've got some crackers in this country as well, which all get underway next week uh, with Okole versus Chamberlain. We'll be speaking about that uh, uh, later on in the show, intriguing little knock between two <laughs> hot prospects. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Uh, I apologise now because you are surrounded by big boys. Not me. I'm one of the lighter ones. I'm surrounded by uh, cruiserweight world champions now. Basically, I've got uh, one sat next to me in the That's studio, right. Johnny Nelson. I've got two on the screen in front of me in Bredis and Usyk. And I've got one on the phone who's currently in the cinema. Uh, Tony Bell, you how are you, mate? How are you guys? You okay? Look at him talking quiet. You're I not know. actually in the cinema, are you? I've come outside. So you are... I'm, I'm watching the animation, so you better hurry up because my miss is going to knock ten thumbs out of me. <laughs> Tony, are you, date night. Are, you on, are you on date night and you've decided so, to just break off to talk to us? Good lad. Something like that. But, he said uh, he's gone to the toilet. 16, <laughs> 16 years of got being together, mate. Date nights are long over, but uh, I'm still caught up at mate. He's the only person I'm scared of with two arms and two legs. <laughs> what are you watching? What have you gone for tonight? The new maze runner, the death cure, it's called. So oh, I'm, right. I'm trying to there. It started at, I think, 9 o'clock, so you better hurry up. What do you want to know? <laughs> 
Well, we're here to talk about you and your upcoming fight, mate. We're going to drag this out for a good 15 minutes, if that's all right. Uh, I've got ages till I get back in that ring. Uh, <laughs> I'm training, mate. I'm, I'm training. Uh, I'm just happy to be having some kind of normality back in my life and, and getting used to work again. So uh, I've seen David's fantastic videos. It's top off once again, I think, uh, you know, doing bicep yeah. curls. Doing his curls, yeah. Doing press-ups and, uh, you know, doing his funny work on the bike and, you know, looking pretty and looking good. Now he's back in L.A. I'm sure he'll be getting the suntan in, you know, his vitamin D, he needs his sunshine, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in sunny old world. an article this week that uh, somebody wrote, mate, that uh, I don't know whether you've said this or not, but you have doubts that he might actually make the ring walk. I don't have doubts, mate. I've never said that once. I think I, I, one thing I do know is I was stuck. It was hard because I had him and Tyson Fury, so... I was stuck with a lunatic and the most injured old man in boxing. <laughs> tough choice, tough choice, son, tough choice. It's the longest for time you've had out of the, out of the ring uh, for a while, Tony. How's, how's that feeling? I bet he's driving you crazy. It's killing me, mate. It's killing me. The only saving grace that I will have is that I just endured 10 weeks of camp before the last fight. So I've done like six weeks of hard sparring and then it got to two weeks before the fight and then he pulled out and done what he'd done. So... Uh, the only saving grace is I haven't. I, I've done a camp in between this time off, yeah. so I, I haven't missed out on too much. Uh, the only thing I missed out on is, is getting paid, which is the hardest <laughs> part. But uh, you know what? It's not. It's, it's, it's gone past the money now. To be fair, it's not too big. Either. I've done all right out of the sport. Uh, I've, I've done. I've, I've got what I set out to get. I've done exactly what I, what I planned on achieving through boxing. It's all done. It's all invested, and I've done all right so for now. It's just uh, it's, it's the icing on the cake. I, I just want to get in and, and do what everyone else I can't do. I mean, it's just hoping people along now. Big, big legacy fights, and if that means being Dave Hayek, that's what people want. Then so be it. If that means fighting people. You know, a man who everyone says is too big for me and all the odds against once again and, and uh, Tyson Fury and Toby and I'll do it, but I just want huge fights with, on huge platforms and that can only materialise when it's on Sky Sports and it can only happen against the likes of David Hay, Tyson Fury, and before you say, no, I'm not going near the heavyweight champ of the world. <laughs> I'll tell you how well Tony's done, right, out of boxing, right? He doesn't have to take his own sweets to the cinema anymore. He's gone oh to. Oh my God! He's got, honestly, no, no, he's gone to the pick and the pick and mix at the cinema, and it's a fortune there, sunshine. He's, he's weighed <laughs> oh, in. Mate. I call it pick and nick. <laughs> <laughs> we all do pick it. Come on, we all do it. Pick and nick. Uh, no, I didn't do a bit of pick and nick this morning. Well, what I do is I walk in with the Harry Bow in the back pocket. That's it. I buy popcorn. I walk in with a bottle of drink that I previously bought from the Home and Bargain. That is outside. <laughs> such a tight Mate, you can't set the Liverpool out of that. <laughs> Tony's one of the few fighters that. That, that likes to train in solitude by himself. Uh, yes. Uh, why is that, Tony? Because I, I like I like the buzz mm. of the crowd. You know. The other madness. boys in the gym, mate. They train. They train together. Uh, so the four other boys train. I just I don't know. I've, I've trained people in the past. And to be totally honest, no one's going to push themselves as hard as I push myself. Mm. So not like if I train with another guy, I'm going to I'm going to train to his level and go to his level. Now his level might be more than mine. But it also might be less than mine. I'm not willing to take that gamble. I'll, I know when I'm alone, I, I've only got me to rely on. And you've got to remember, when I get in a boxing ring, that's all I've got also. My coach can, can get me as ready as he can. He can do whatever he wants. and He can push me. But at the end of the day, 
when you get through them ropes, and Johnny will tell you when the bell goes, all that it comes down to is you. It's mm-hmm. all on you. And, and this is why I say alone. When I'm up in Rotherham or Sheffield, I live on my own. I do things on my own. I don't mingle. I don't mix. It's just I'm alone. So that's just, that's just boxing. It's a lonely sport. It's a brutal sport. But it's just one you've got to be prepared for in every way, physically, mentally, every way possible. The old saying is, we win, you lose. That's our aim. We won tonight, yeah. or you lost tonight, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've, we've all been in and seen it many times. You know, when you're winning, it's great. Listen, when I was winning, I've had it where I've been winning and I've been losing. So after the best way I've found it, after I've won, uh, after I beat Danny McIntosh uh, in my comeback fight, after losing a fight that I didn't think I lost, there was 45 people waiting in my dressing room. After the previous fight, the one that I thought I'd won that I didn't win against Cavley, the first one, there was about four people waiting for me in the dressing room when I got yeah. back. But 45 waiting in the dressing room for yeah. me after the McIntosh fight. And I just, I still remember walking in and asking them to just leave. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. They all want to ride in the limo, yeah, man. Yeah. They don't want to catch the bus. That's what it is, I isn't it? I no limos, mate. I just get in the same car. I, I've, I've done the same strategy my whole career. I was always aware. I was very educated when I came to boxing because I'd studied and read up and everything. I'd studied fighters, fame, money. And, and they all came across a similar story. So I was always sure to make sure I came in this game with a certain bunch of people and I'll go out with a certain bunch of people. And there will be no extras in between. I love that attitude. That, that's a lie, that, because I know full well that he's got Everton silk pyjamas. I know he has. I know he's treating himself. <laughs> I've got a question. I need, I need, I need, uh, I need educating. What does meth mean? What does what? Meth mean? If somebody comes meth, up and calls you a meth, what's it mean? You're a tramp. <laughs> Why, has somebody, call, has somebody meth, called you that? Has somebody, yeah, Scarson, come on. You, you couldn't be called a meth. You're not a meth. You what, don't, what's a meth? I'll stand on for you. I'm not saying someone who's a tramp who looks like they're dressed like a meth at the tramp. He's a sharp kid. He's not a meth. Oh, yeah, right. You're not a meth. Johnny, Johnny, you're not a meth. So whoever calls you a meth, just call him a helmet. <laughs> and that doesn't need any explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. That's it. Go on. You sling your hook and get yourself back on date night. See you in a bit. Thank you very much. Have a good one, Tom. Have a good night. lad. Sorry about you there. Back in action, May the 5th. It's going to be a cracking show down that way, uh, David. He's always in good spirits, but you yeah. are right in what you said. He is very um, solitary with his training, isn't it? Oh. I mean, he, I don't think I've ever... There's a lot of fighters that I've met that are unbelievably focused. Not more so than him. He, he's absolutely total 24/7. vision. 24-7. It's yeah, not yeah. just for the camera. It's not just for a mic. That is what he's like. But the thing is, he, he'll tell you exactly how it is. He'll tell you exactly what he thought. When Kel Brook boxed and and uh, and he lost to, to Spence, and he said, you know what? He, he took. And he said what probably a, a few of the, a few of us were thinking, but he just wouldn't say it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that was harsh. But you know what? A lot of people were thinking it. And I thought. I got I got to commend you for your bravery because you just say how it is and listen. People know where you are with Tony. Tony is is one of the few fighters I think I really really like this guy. Him and Carl Froch, they are such straight shooters. It's unbelievable. I like them both. Working class lads. That's what it is, mate. That's what it is. Uh, coming up next, speaking of working class lads, this fella sells leads out for fun. Josh Warrington's on the show. Don't go anywhere. My manager challenger is Josh Warrington. I can clear up his obsession with me. Finally, and then maybe move on to 
Um, a big fight at the end of the year with Carl The world champion who talks about mixing with the best, you know, huh? you like to go also during this, this Santa Cruz, Oscar Valdez, but you can't be getting caught like that. And that guy, he'd have like, as many knockouts as me, and uh, we're catching Lee willy nilly. This is a better period again. Oh, that's how he goes. Right hand, left hand. Jay Lamb down. And I don't think there's a huge amount he can do about it now. All in favour of your winner by unanimous decision. And still, IBF, featherweight champion of the world, Lightning, Lee He's obsessed with me. Like, he, for the last three years, he's, he's been mentioning my name. Um, even during his last fight in, in between rounds, I heard his father saying, Lisa, I'll be this, Lisa, I'll be that. I don't know what it is. I've got nothing against the boy. But um, now he's managed to challenge her. And early next year, I'll take care of business. And the towel's coming in from the red corner. They've seen enough. It was all Josh Warrington, really, from start to finish. I'm bothered where I get the fight, as long as I get the Welshman up here. This, this is what I want. This is what all these want. And uh, if we can make it Ellen Road, then let's have it. Nice have it. I fight him anyway. I go up to Leeds, no problem at all, and knock him out in front of all his friends. Lee Selby, we wondered if he was going to be the real deal. We got our answer tonight. Absolute masterclass, close to perfection. It is all over by knockout, high stoppage. Josh Warrington now moves on to the world title shot. Look at that. There's nothing like an animated fighter after they've just stopped someone, knowing full well they've become mandatory challenger and then getting all aggy with their champ. We love that, don't we? Aggy. We love that. Yeah, I like that. Of course we do. do We like like a little bit of aggression. That's what we like. It's been bubbling for a while, though. Well, hopefully he's not going to be aggressive with us. Hopefully he's going to be calm and collected, really cool right now. Josh Warrington, welcome to the show, mate. How you doing, lads? You Ve- right? Very well indeed, mate. Very well indeed. I apologise that my producers haven't put any uh, marching on together or anything like that in the actual build-up there because I wanted to make you feel at home in Leeds. But Johnny's on the show, you see. He's a Sheffield lad. So I didn't yeah, want to offend him. What a, what a, you know, when he... When you fight, the unbelievable atmosphere. He's just like, I feel sorry for him because it's like he wants to join the fans and join his <laughs> fight. No, they want to get him with him. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> I've said many times I wish I'd have a, a double so I could just be amongst the fans and uh, jumping about, chucking beer all over himself. But, um, you know, listen, when I retire, then uh, someone else can follow in footsteps and I can be supporting them in, in the future. The thing is, but we'll talk fighting in a minute. Regarding fan base, because yeah. we spoke on this show about certain fan bases that have been down the years and uh, have been notorious. For example, Ricky Hatton's one was obviously the most notorious, obviously going over to Vegas and various things like that. But if you look around now in in, in modern boxing, don't get me wrong, Anthony Joshua sells tickets for fun. Of course he does. You might yeah. have a bit of a, a cult following in Manchester with Anthony Crawler. But then you look yeah. around, you've got Frampton in Ireland, and then you're in that mm. mix, mate. Leeds, you put a fight on in Leeds, and he said, "Oh, you don't even need an opponent. You just put Josh Warrington on the top of the card, and everybody's turning yeah, out for right. it." Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not someone what's just been, what's been just been gifted to me. You know, I remember in early days of my pro career, um, yeah, there were little minibuses of around twenty and thirty people coming down. I remember one fight in, uh, I was travelling over to Manchester, and I didn't have, um, sell enough tickets to even pay for my opponent, so I hardly got a wage. Um, but what it's what it has been is is, is me going about the city, spreading the word, um, yeah. and telling them, you know, to get a behind me and join and, and and join on the journey to to winning a world title, and, and it's just it's just snowballed like that eventually, and uh, and a lot of a lot of folk I've I've met personally who come along to fights and 
all of a sudden I feel like I've got the whole city captured behind me. Do you still travel about in your van selling the tickets door to door? And then when will you stop doing it? If you do, that's what you're still doing. <laughs> I don't do as many, but uh, yeah, I still do them because you know what it is for me, Johnny. It's um, like you know, I, sometimes you just get uh, a bit distracted in. Well, not distracted, but in camp, it can just be the same old training, yeah, eating, yeah. sleeping, training, eating, sleeping. Sometimes you drive yourself nuts, and uh, it's nice to go along, you know, spend five minutes and have a cup of tea with someone who's coming to fight and uh, listen to how excited they are. Because for me, it's just it's a boost, it's a boost of motivation. Yeah. When I'm getting that ring and I turn around and look all them thousands in the arena, I feel like they're in the ring with me. And it's just like the old Leeds Anthem marching on together. We're marching on to this world title together. That's so nice, that. He's such a dance to it, isn't it? <laughs> I know it sounds a bit cliche. No, 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 not at all, mate. I've got a lump in my throat. The best has to go through. <laughs> Regarding the fight that's coming up, obviously, with Lee Selby, he's been on your radar for a period of time. You've got yourself now into a mandatory position, so congratulations on that. And obviously, undefeated, it's Thank been you. fantastic. Now, a couple of years ago, I'm going to be honest with you, Joshua, a couple of years ago, I had doubts whether you had the power to trouble people at the top level. However, last yeah. two last two fights, I've had to eat my words a bit because you started stopping kids and you've started stopping them in good fashion. I'm getting dead excited about this fight coming up here, mate, because are you feeling now that you're really comfortable at this weight, that the power is just... Maybe you've already thought that the power's there, but as, as, a, as a fan watching you, last two fights I've thought, hey, oh, he's got a bit of power yeah. here and he can start to trouble people at this weight. Yeah, the, the, the thing is there, Adam, you know, when I first turned pro, um, you know, I was a young, 18 years old uh, lad, and you see some lads at 18 turn over, and they're men, you know, yeah. they've, got, they've got muscles on muscles, their body's fully developed. I was really a bantamweight, fighting at Feather, and I was, you know, campaigning, and, uh, and, and having some fights around 9-6 onwards, and, you know, a, a few people around were saying, listen, you should be, you should be dropping down a weight, you should yeah. be dropping down, but... My dad kept, uh, my dad's my trainer, he kept to his guns and he said, listen, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. And now I'm 26, well, I'm 27 now and I'm, I feel like I'm about to reach my peak and my body's matured into, yeah. into a, you know, into a man and, and it's not men v boys anymore. It's, you know. It, it does it, look it, like that. It feels like that. You, you, look, you look at both fighters' records. Uh, 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 Josh has had 26 fights. He's knocked six of his opponents out. Lee Selby's had 27 fights. He's knocked nine out. It shows... To me, that record tells me that they can both punch, but they're better boxers than they are punchers. Yeah. Yeah. I think now, as the levels go up, that's where you'll see some some beautiful boxing. And if any one of them makes a mistake, someone's getting hurt, someone's getting stopped. Mm. And I think this ta- this is the perfect time for these two to clash. I, I, I wonder if this fight would have happened if Josh didn't get himself into a mandatory position. I there. doubt it. And, and that's what I'm saying. I think now it's on. And the, the winners out of all this are the fans because this yeah. fight's been muted for quite a while. So I, I, I think it's going to be a cracker. Josh, do you think he's ever been in a situation like he's going to experience? Is it, by the way, venue-wise, are, are, are yeah. we getting leads? Is that what we're doing? Are we getting a stadium in Leeds? What are we getting? Um, I don't know how much you can say, to be honest. Come on, that. man! You're on the show to give us exclusive. <laughs> never mind, Frank. Boy. I'll be a bucket boy. Yeah, never mind, Frank. <laughs> never mind that, son. Let's have it now. Come on. Are we going to Welland Road at the end of the season? Are we going there? I think Michael McIntyre's at Arena at... Um... Uh, on, on the same date, so I think we're looking at a nice working men's club in the middle of league. Get lost! Uh, get Road, lost, man! Alan Road, <laughs> Alan Road, he'll find some way, he'll get it, he'll get it on. But, no, but re- just, going back, just going back to what you, was, you were saying there, the fight has been building for a, for a long time, and uh, and Lee did, you know, Lee, in your little build-up there, he did say that I'm obsessed with him, but it's not a case of being obsessed, it's a case of a few years ago, back in the, well, mid-2016, he said that I'd never get this opportunity, 
But, you know, I'm yeah. here now. I'm, I'm, I've made myself mandatory. I'm being gifted this. Yeah. I've made myself mandatory. And, uh, you know, when, when I first turned pro, not many people would have thought of even winning British. Never mind uh, fighting for the world title. So, mm-hmm. listen, I'm here now. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so hyped up for this next fight. For me, it's feel like it's destined and it's, uh, it's meant to be. Absolutely, nice. mate. And with all due respect to all the to this particular fight, because I know you're 100% focused on that, but you're in, for this division, you're in the right stable. Because if you want super fights, unifications and various things like that, obviously Carl Frampton's in that stable now with Frank. Um, I'm sure that fights with the likes of maybe Scott Quigg, who's going to be fighting uh, Valdez, uh, you've yeah. got an opportunity to maybe make a unification there coming through this. I'd say you something, man. It's exciting in this division. I've been calling for a World Boxing Super Series in this division. Hey, hey, hey. hey don't tiny, get all giddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a good fight in this division to win a world title. I am saying that. Absolutely. Um, you, know, you know, listen, to win a world title in any division takes a good fight. But sometimes um, in other divisions, it can be a little bit quieter. And uh, and then a fighter can win a world title without really fighting. Mate, there's eight. There's between eight and ten elite lads. There's eight and ten elite lads in your division that could be world champions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The 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 division is is jam packed, and and they keep on coming as well. They keep on coming. You know, you look look even further down the rankings, and there's there's other fighters building the the you know building the records and and ready to. Uh, pounce onto that top 10 so it's, it's red hot and you know I'm, I'm privileged to be part of it so just tell me May the 19th it's set for uh, mm-hmm. Ellen Rod Ellen Rod he's already told us that yeah that's what we're doing uh, so tell us <laughs> t- tell, tell, tell us t- tell us what the map is between them and now when does when does serious training camp start for that particular fight because I know you're one of those fighters that is always gym fit but then when you yeah. start training for a particular fight when does that actually start when it get when does it get fight specific well, um, you know, I've got, I've got quite a bit uh, going on away from away from boxing. Um, and this is due with, uh, with a couple of babies um, in a few weeks. Wow. I've got twins on, I've got twins on the way. Wow, that. man. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Book it biggest fight of your life with this. is that, That's so selfish of her. Isn't it? Listen, we don't do things like that. No. Jeez. And, and the, you know, the thing is, um, I'm always in gym. I'm always fit. And if anything, if I've just got to make sure I don't overcook. And uh, listen... Once, once, once it starts, um, I'll have you know 12 weeks of solid training, and our sprinkers will go on. I've been all bit training, and uh, I'll be just fully focused on winning world title, mate. That's all I'll be thinking of. Actually, you know what? This is a great time to get out of having to get up in the middle of night. Yeah, good lad. Babies, in fact, you know switched what? on you, son. Well done, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No nappies, no night thinking, feeds. Done. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get payback. Watch it. You know what I mean? You could, you come home. Let's say you, you you got a world title around your waist. You know what it's like at home, mate. She'll, she'll be going, she won't care. Go, right, you, sunshine. I'm having a rest now. It's all down to you. You're doing the shopping and pushing the trolley. <laughs> Good lad. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show, Josh. All the best with camp, well, mate. For Looking me. forward thanks to the fight. Take See care, Josh. pal. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Superb. Superb. It's always good to get fighters on. Bags of personality in real good spirits. And the key thing that he mentioned there, He's had to graph for that yeah, yeah. because nobody's handed him a, a freebie. The problem with, with with sport, with any sport, especially boxing, we always see the end result. We see when the fighter's in the yeah, ring and absolutely. he lifts his hand and, 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 and they think, what, what, but actually the hard work is the journey up to it. And I don't mean just the fight before it or the fight before that. I mean from the very The 20 odd that he's had, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it's those, those 20 odd fights that get you to that point. That's where the journey is. It's the stuff you don't see that make the story, make the fight and make the character. Mm. And he is a character where he's like a fan. 
He, and, and when I said he'd actually, you'd actually prefer, I can remember when I was fine, and I didn't even make walking past my <laughs> hotel room laughing and joking, going out and thinking, I want to join him. But I was entertainment. You go to one of his fights, yeah. oh my, it's mad. But it's such a great atmosphere. It's great. And so he's looking up, smiling to his mates, winking to him and everything whilst they're having a good time. So I totally get it. It's such such a carnival, second mm. to none. Looking forward to it, like uh, Johnny said, May 19th. He, he wasn't giving us anything there was Josh, but... We think it might be a steady, but we think it might be. <laughs> Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Every single week on Fight Night, we induct somebody or something connected to the world of fight sports into our very own Hall of Fame. We've had fighters, we've had fights, we've had trilogies, we've had fan groups. Mm-hmm. You name it, we chuck it all in there. Even the man to my left is in there, the man that has uh, reigned the hey! longest in the cruiserweight <laughs> division. Uh, he was inducted uh, two, three weeks ago into our Hall of Fame. Tonight, though, something a little bit different. Uh, because I'm going to give you a date now, Johnny. Check this out. January 24, 2009. It is technically this week, the anniversary of when Antonio Margarito fought Sugar Shane Mosley. Oh, my goodness. And yes. That, that yes. fight is famous uh, mainly. Obviously, Shane Mosley ends up winning that fight. Yeah. And that puts a big smile on my face because of what happened in the build-up to it and what happened in the fight previous mm. for Margarito. So the fight previous for Margarito was Miguel Cotto. Now, a lot of people might remember that fight, that Miguel Cotto got beat up and beat up bad. His head swelled up like a balloon. And it was like, whoa, he hasn't been hit with that much. Yeah. Why is he? Why is his head swelled up so much? You just thought all of a sudden that maybe Miguel Cotto's on his way out. He's not been able to take the punishment as much dirty as he... Cheat, as, dirty as, cheat. As, dirty as well cheat. as he could have done in the past. Anyway, what happened in this fight on uh, January 24, 2009, Nazim Richardson, he is a uh, cornerman of uh, Sugar Shane Mosley. And as Johnny will tell you now, when um, your opponent is having their hands wrapped, a member of your team goes into the opponent's dressing room and observes. This is correct? That's I'm right. right. With this That's also. right. Stand over. Yeah, try and intimidate you. And to, make and sure that, you off. to make sure that uh, something... Well, everything is above board. Yeah. However, on this particular night, things weren't above board. Uh, because what Nazim Richardson spotted when uh, Antonio Margarito was having his hands wrapped was some type of substance being smeared onto the knuckles of his hand wraps uh, which were, which was a, a lubricant which was set in, very similar to a plaster of Paris. Or quick, or quick set cement. There you go. <laughs> Legit. Um, and then the hands were asked to be rewrapped again. Mm. Obviously, they were rewrapped again. The lubricant was left off the gloves, and we all know what happened off the back of that fight. Sugar Shane Mosley ends up putting uh, manners on Margarito and stopping him and winning the fight. Fantastic. However, that then brought into dispute the previous fight with uh, Miguel Cotto. Yeah. And he ended up getting a suspension because he was found guilty of 
basically loaded gloves. I we had an uh, I had an debate a debate last week with Dave Cole in regards to cheats. You know, we were talking about drug cheats in, in yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. <clears throat> and 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 you'll get cheats in on every level doing that or or, or doing what Sonny Liston did with Ali 1964. With uh, sleeves, February, yeah, yeah, February February 25th uh, 1964 first fight he put like deep heat on his gloves to burn his eyes and Ali he, he could hardly see. But my my point is this: no matter how you cheat, be it drugs, be it some other third third way of trying to to, to get advantage, cementing your hands, <laughs> it doesn't make you a better boxer. No. It doesn't make you throw a better jab. It doesn't improve your footwork. It doesn't improve your your hand foot hand foot eye coordination. So you're trying to find a way around what you're lacking in. So and and I've beaten three drug drugs cheats and it's the sweetest feeling ever. But you know when you see when on you that hit, on that. Did you know there were drug cheats going into the fight? No, I knew after the first round. In every one of them. I knew after the first round because you can tell when the energy levels are up and when the energy levels are down. When I trained, I trained to failure. So I knew at a speed. I knew how the reaction was to, to when they got hit with a shot. Yeah. I knew. And I'd go back to the corner and I'd say, he's on gear. I know he is. Three of them have cheated. One of them, uh, I think he's he's failed his drug he failed his drug test three or four times as a professional, wow. and he still let this guy back in the game. But when you try and cheat by putting things in your gloves, that is an unarrestable offence. That's where you should get locked up because boxing is the only place where you can legally get killed. So if you are not if you're cheating to that level there, they need to know that the consequences are not just a ban. Yeah. The consequences are not just a bad a bad name. You're going to get locked up. Yeah. And so you, you clean it up, clean it up that way. But as I say, my argument is drugs don't make you a better fire. They just, they just, you know, you, you'll try and be a bit fitter, be a bit faster, but you'll, you'll run out. You'll well, run out. He got time. his comeuppance here because, well, I don't think he got his comeuppance enough, really. He got beat, obviously, with Sugar Share Mosley, um, and he was he ended up being banned for a mm, year, did, uh, did Marguerite, yeah. so, which was rubbish. But you brought up a valid point there, right? Because we're seeing it more often than not, mainly in the heavyweight division, where we're seeing guys failing tests yep. and then serving a, a slap on the wrist type of suspe- suspension and then being back in the ring within 12 months. The first drug cheat I boxed was a guy called Marcus Bott. I boxed him for European title. I think it was 92 or something like that. I beat Marcus Bock. I stopped him in, I think it was the last round, about 30 seconds left of the last round. If he stayed on his feet, he'd have, got the, he'd have won because we, we're down there in Germany. He ended up getting a suspension and then moving on to win the WBO title before me. And you think, how does that work? You know, it's just, it's, to me, it's the politics of this game, but guys like that, I'm just saying, if anybody's even considering taking gear, it does not make you a better fighter. And that's the message. And you know what? When you get outed, you get outed. And once you can make a mistake, but twice, out you go. I agree. And hopefully uh, the governing bodies and the sanctioning bodies take a little bit of a note out of that and start to uh, instill stiffer punishments. But anyway, this Hall of Fame is um, drug cheats or cheats in general. uh, They get caught and um, basically get the pants pulled down. Well done, Sugar Shane Mosley with Antonio Margarito on that particular night. Great to see. Uh, Michael Conlon is going to be on the show next. Don't go anywhere. This is only the beginning. I hope to be Ireland's greatest ever fighter. And, you know, tonight I come out here fighting like it was for a world title, and it was my debut, so, you know, I had a bit of nerves. It came to shoot in my performance, but I was telling people all week I was going to get a stoppage in the third round. By way of technical knockout, still undefeated, Michael McConlin. Five 
protecting his ring. Ibarra's taking more and more damage here, and he's really starting to not like it. Huge right hand by Conley. He scores with an uppercut. Now he switches to southbound, scores with the left hand, and referee Benji Estevez steps in and stops the fight. And Conlon celebrates. Still undefeated, the fighting pride of all Ireland, Michael Conlon. Uh, welcome to the show. As, do you know something? It, it, I can't really live up to Buffer. <laughs> when Buffer introduces somebody, he introduces them right. You just say, "Oh, that's that, the job done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll shut up. Michael Conlon, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Cheers, guys. All good. All good. How's things? Um, they should, they yeah, should actually call you the baby face assassin. You're 26, but you just look a lot younger. <laughs> You're just, you're just jealous. You're just, you're just jealous, man. That's what it is. <laughs> does it ever get old when Michael Buffer's uh, introducing you to the ring, mate? Does it? Do you even you, as you walk to the ring, get a few chills on the back of your neck? The first time he introduced me in the garden uh, was my debut, and I didn't even know. They didn't tell me he was introducing me, and I, I got to the ring. They had, they had like a, a Spanish kind of guy doing everybody else, and I got to the ring. And I danced around the ring, and the next minute I looked, and it was Michael Buffer standing there. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> it was unbelievable. Mate, that debut was uh, was something else because not only was Buffer introducing you, obviously Connor was there. The whole world's media, the press mm-hmm. attention was on you. You just turned over from the Olympic Games. I've got, I'm going to be honest with you, Michael. Right, if you're going to flip the bird at the Olympic Games, right, to everybody, you've got to be able to do the business in the professional uh, professional ranks, and you seem to be standing up to the test, mate. Yeah, listen, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I think on in the Olympics is, is you know, it's, it's stood me in great stead for the professional ranks. It's given me a good springboard to jump into the game with a big name already and, you know, a lot of media attention around me. And, you know, I've got I to gotta back that up. And, you know, so far I feel like I've done a good job. You know, I, I felt on my debut, you know, I, I don't... I, I look back now and I think the performance was, was a horrible performance. But hmm. considering... The atmosphere, the the the, the solid crowd, the mm. arena, the Madison Square Garden effect, and this is my professional debut, and it was like I was fighting for a world title, you know. And mm. it was it was a special atmosphere. Where where, where was your uh, professional debut, Johnny? Where where was your professional debut? Hull. 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 <laughs> not New York, Madison Square Garden. No, Hull Working Men's Club. Oh, is that not? Is that? Hey, that's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, there's not many fighters that 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 uh, are able to to be top top amateurs and turn over to be top pros. It's very few that can be good at the both of them. And 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 by the way things are looking, by the way that the hype's around, it looks like you can handle the pressure, or, or are you born for the pressure? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think. This has been something I'm destined for is to be, you know, Ireland's greatest ever fighter, and that's what I believe I'll be. And I feel so far, you know, I I don't want to have it in the amateurs. I went, I I won the the world titles, the European championships, and you know, I got the Olympic medals. And and, and unfortunately, in the last Olympics, what happened happened. But you know, I feel now is is the real test and the goal and turn that kind of pedigree into professional pedigree. And I feel it's 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 happening. It is happening. I do believe it's happening. It's been a bit slower than what I thought, you know, getting that adjustment. But I was an amateur boxer for for nine, sorry, yeah, nineteen years of my life. So, wow, uh, it's been it's it's been a hell of a ride so far. And you know, I feel that to get it took me these first five fights to kind of break that kind of amateur ingrained stale, which I've had, and turn it into a good professional stale. And I feel I'm starting to do that really well, mate. 
Well, let's talk about the news that you dropped on us this week, mate. Like you said, you're five professional fights in now. Uh, you decided to make a trainer change. How did that come about, yeah. and why did that come about? Well, basically, I was living in LA, me, uh, my fiance, and my daughter, and you know, I, I was in, I was more or less in training camp all year round because I, I was fighting very often last year, and I will be this year. And you know, I, I was home training, home training, and not really being able to interact with my family or do anything, but. At the same time, now I have another baby on the way, and it'll be very hard for my uh, my fiance and myself as well to, to you know to juggle the three the the three the two babies and her. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, I think that would be very tough on us, so I think mm. he would need a bit more of a helping hand. And for us to be closer to home and, and to be home and be around our family and you know our friends and a good uh, a, a good support system you know surrounding us, I think I feel that's going to be very important just for my family life. And then once my family life is is in a good place, you know my career is going to be in a good place, obviously because. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> mate, it shows commitment. Every, that, but it's true though, that, isn't know, it? It does show commitment because you're leaving the the, the sunshine and the heat of LA uh, to 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 rainy London uh, with Adam Booth. But <laughs> but 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 the trainer uh, Manny Rubles, how how was it with him? How's he taken that that move? Listen, we we ended in good terms. Uh, you know, there was no ill feeling towards Manny. He, I gotta thank him for everything he's done for me so far. You know, he was he was a great help, and you know, he helped me kind of. Take up, take on board a style which I wasn't really used to. That kind of Mexican American boxing style, where mm. you know it's every day is when you're going to the gym, it's 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 hard. You know, it's it, it's a war, and these guys are trying to take your head off. Especially me because uh-huh. I'm coming back from I'm coming from the Olympics. I'm 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 white kid coming to Southern California, and all these Mexicans are looking at me, think I'm a I'm a piece of tape, and they want to take my head off as a big target. Fresh on me. meat, in, fresh meat in the gym. <laughs> Funny thing is. Jason Quigley said the same thing. You know, he was out there in the states that he'd signed with uh, with uh, De La Hoya, and uh, he just said the style. It was the adaption of the style. And you think, wow, you you're leaving that. It just shows how much you love the sport. Uh, and obviously, I love a I love a happy life at home as well. Yeah, the main thing is to be happy, and uh, and once my family are happy, I'll be happy, and that and that's the main thing for me. And you know, I know me coming back is is going to help my boxing style. A lot more because now I've kind of I've been there for that first year of my career. I 
have got a good apprenticeship in, in professional boxing now and a good kind of awakening to what, what goes on in America and how, how they fight and how, how they even spar and stuff and the style they bring. And I can bring that back now and, and tune it up with, with my kind of boxing style, which I believe out of Booth is the perfect coach for me because I think his style of boxing suits my style of boxing. It's an exciting gym, that, isn't it? Let's mm. be honest. They've got yeah. Josh Kelly in there, an exciting fight. Ryan Burnett, all amateur fall. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be some good sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, did you, why did you go, yeah, why did you go with Adam Booth? Yeah, absolutely. Why did you go with Adam Booth then? You know, I, I looked at the, the trainers in the UK and I, I thought Adam suited my style more than other coach. And, you know, I believe that he is one of the best, if not the best, coach in the UK. You know, he has he, it's, he's arguably probably the best coach in the UK. You know, there's... There's obviously other coaches that are at Dominic Ingo and stuff who, you know, they, they can they can take claim to that 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 title. Though, you know, for me, I felt Adam suited me more than any of the other coaches, and that's that's why I wanted to go with him. I look at his I look at his fighters. I look at the bond he has with his fighters, and you know, I felt that was also missing for me over in uh, in America. You don't get that kind of bond, is what I feel back here. You you, you have a coach who actually does care about you and wants you to succeed, and not just the paycheck at times. You wanted to do some of that synchronised pad work, didn't you? <laughs> You've seen Ryan Burnett and Josh Kelly doing that Strictly Come Dancing stuff and you wanted a piece of the pie, didn't you, Mike? That's what you wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to walk the lane, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some domestics. Give me some housekeeping. How's it going to work then? Are you going to live in London? Are you going to live in Ireland? Are you going to travel back and forth? Where are you going to be based when you're here in the UK? Most yeah, well, of the time. Base, yeah, I'm going to base myself most of the time in London. Um, I just got an apartment and stuff sorted myself there in, uh, in Epsom, so... You know, it's 20 minutes from the gym. It's mm. nice and handy. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll travel back and forth to see my, my family, obviously, and they'll come and see me, my, my fiance and my daughter. And, you know, but I feel that most of my time will be spent in, in London, you know, dedicating myself to doing what I do best, and that's boxing. And regarding promotional, you're still with Bob? You're still with Top Rank? They're still going to be looking after you? Listen, we're still with Top Rank, and we're still taking over the world, and that's the main thing. Cool, man. Cool. So what's so what's the plan this year then? 2018. What we're going to see? How many times? Three times? Four times? What we're going to see out of Michael Conlon? Um, I think we're going to see about five again. You know, I think by the end of the year I'll be I'll be 10 and 0 and and in a position where you know I feel like I'll be pushing on towards titles or or some sort of have some sort of title. And then next year I feel world titles is, is, wow. is definitely uh, on the horizon. 100. percent Big shout. Top Big man. Shout. Top man. Listen, always a pleasure to have you on, buddy. Thank you very much That's uh, for Mike joining us. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Tom. Take care, mate. Superb stuff. Big fan of his. I do like Michael Conlon. He's got personality it's and cool. he does it in the ring as well. He's cool and good looking as well. Mm. Wicked tattoo of the rosary beads around oh, his neck. Come on, do eh? me a favour. <laughs> He's got the lot. <laughs> uh, stick around. We've still got lots to come on Fight Night. You're listening to Talk Sport. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Are you listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall? Johnny Nelson's here as well. We've had an action-packed first hour of the show. Where have you been? If you've only just joined us, don't forget we will be making this available to you uh, as a podcast. Now, no disrespect to anybody that has been on the show in the first hour. We're just about to ramp it up a gear, all right? Because this guy's probably one of the most exciting... Uh, British and Irish fighters that there's out there at this moment in time and he's had some big news this week we're going to have him on the show in a minute but first of all if you don't know anything about Michael Conlon take a listen to this this is only the beginning I hope to be Ireland's greatest ever fighter and you know tonight I come out here fighting like it was for a world title and it was my debut so you know I had a bit of nerves it kind of showed in my performance but I was telling people all week I was going to get a stoppage in the third round 
by way of technical knockout, still undefeated, Michael McConlin. Finding his range. I Barrett's taking more and more damage here and he's really starting to not like it. Huge right hand by Conley. He scores with an uppercut. Now he switches to Southbound, scores with the left hand, and referee Benji Estevez steps in and stops the fight. And Conlon celebrates. Still undefeated, the fighting pride of all Ireland, Michael. Uh, welcome to the show. As, do you know something? It, it, I can't really live up to Buffer. <laughs> when Buffer introduces somebody, he introduces them right. You just say, well, that's that, the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll shut up. Michael Conlon, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Cheers, guys. All good, all good. How's things? They um, should, they yeah, should actually good. call you the babyface assassin. You're 26, but you just look a lot younger. <laughs> You're just, you're just jealous. You're just, you're just jealous, man. That's what it is. <laughs> Does it ever get old when Michael Buffer's uh, introducing you to the ring, mate? Does it? Do you even you as you walk to the ring get a few chills on the back of your neck? The first time he introduced me in the garden uh, was my debut, and I didn't even know. They didn't tell me he was introducing me, and I, I got to the ring. They had they had like a, a Spanish kind of guy doing everybody else, and I got to the ring. And I danced over in the ring, and then the next minute I looked, and it was Michael Buffer standing there. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> it was unbelievable. Mate, that debut was uh, was something else because not only was Buffer introducing you, obviously Connor was there. The whole world's media, the press mm. attention was on you. You just turned over from the Olympic Games. I've got, I'm going to be honest with you, Michael. Right, if you're going to flip the bird at the Olympic Games, right, to everybody, you've got to be able to do the business in the professional uh, professional ranks, and you seem to be standing up to the test, mate. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I think on in the Olympics is, is you know, it's, it's the main great step for the professional ranks. It's given me a good springboard to jump into the game uh, with a big name already and, you know, a lot of media attention around me. And, you know, i gotta, I got to back that up. And, you know, so far I feel like I've done a good job. You know, I, I felt on my debut, you know, I, I don't... I, I look back now and I think the performance was, was a horrible performance. But hmm. considering... The atmosphere, the the the, the solid crowd, the mm. arena, the Madison Square Garden effect, and this is my professional debut, and it was like I was fighting for a world title, you know. And mm. it was it was a special atmosphere. Where where, where was your uh, professional uh, debut, Johnny? Where where was your professional debut? Hull. 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 <laughs> not New York Madison Square Garden. Hull Working Men's Club. Oh, is that not? Is that? Hey, that's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, there's not many fighters that 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 uh, are able to to be top top amateurs and turn over to be top pros. It's very few that can be good at the both of them. And and, and by the way things are looking, by the way the the hype's around, it looks like you can handle the pressure, or or are you born for the pressure? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think. This has been something I'm destined for is to be, you know, Ireland's greatest ever fighter, and that's what I believe I'll be. And I feel so far, you know, I I done what I had to do in the amateurs. I went, and I, I won the the world titles, the European Championships, and mm. you know, I got the Olympic medals. And, and and unfortunately, the last Olympics, what happened happened. But you know, I feel now is is the real test and the go and turn that kind of pedigree into professional pedigree. And I feel it's 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 happening. It is happening. I, I do believe it's happening. It's been a bit slower than what I thought, you know, getting that adjustment. But I was an amateur boxer for for 
sorry, you know, yeah, 19 years of my life. So, wow. uh, it's been it's it's been a hell of a ride so far, and you know, I feel that to get it took me these first five fights to kind of break that kind of amateur ingrained style which I've had, and turn it into a good professional style. And I feel I'm starting to do that really well, mate. Well, let's talk about the news that you dropped on us this week, mate. Like you said, you're five professional fights in now. Uh, you decided to make a trainer change. How did that come about, and yeah. why did that come about? Well, basically, I was living in LA, me, uh, my fiance, and my daughter. And you know, I, I was in, I was more or less in training camp all year round because I, I was fighting very often last year, and I will be this year. And you know, I, I was home training, home training, and not really being able to interact with my family or do anything, but. At the same time, now I have another baby on the way, and it'll be very hard for my uh, my fiance and myself as well to, to you know to juggle the three the the three the two babies and her. You know, I think that would be very tough on us. So I think mm. she would need a bit more of a helping hand, and for us to be closer to home and and to be home and be around our family and you know our friends and a good. Uh, a, a good support system, you know, surrounding us. I think I feel that's going to be very important, just for my family life. And then once my family life is is in a good place, you know, my career is going to be in a good place, obviously, because happy wife, happy life. Isn't that what <laughs> Mate, it's, it shows commitment. Every, that, that, it, but it's true though, that ain't know, it? It does show commitment because you're leaving the the, the sunshine and the heat of LA uh, to 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 rainy London uh, with, with Adam Booz. But <laughs> but 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 the trainer uh, Manny Rubles, how how was it with him? How's he taken that that move? Listen, we, we ended in good terms. Uh, you know, there was no ill feeling towards Manny. He, I gotta thank him for everything he's done for me so far. You know, he was he was a great help, and you know, he helped me kind of take up take on board a style which I wasn't really used to. That kind of Mexican American boxing style, where mm. you know, it's every day is when you're going to the gym, it's 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 hard. You know, it's it, it's a war. And these guys are trying to take your head off, especially me because uh-huh. I'm coming back from I'm coming from the Olympics. I'm 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 a white kid coming to Southern California, and all these Mexicans are looking at me, think I'm a I'm a piece of tape, and they want to take my head off as a big target. Fresh on me. meat, in, fresh meat in the gym. <laughs> Funny thing is, uh, Jason Quigley said the same thing. You know, he was out there in the states that he signed with uh, with uh, De La Hoya, and uh, he just said the style. It was the adaption of the style. And you think, wow, you you're leaving that. It just shows how much you love the sport. Uh, and obviously, I love a I love a happy life at home as well. Yeah, the main thing is to be happy, and uh, and once my family are happy, I'll be happy, and that and that's the main thing for me. And you know, I know me coming back is is going to help my boxing style a lot more because now I've kind of I've been there for that first year of my career. I've got a good apprenticeship in in professional boxing now, and a good kind of awakening to what what goes on. In America and how how they fight and how how they even spar and stuff and the style they bring, and I can bring that back now and and, and tune it up with with my kind of boxing style, which I believe out of Booth is the perfect coach for me because I think his style of boxing suits my style of boxing. It's an exciting gym, that, isn't it? Let's mm. be honest. They've got yeah. Josh Kelly in there, exciting fight. Ryan Burnett, all amateur fall. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be some good sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why, why did you why did you go with Adam Booth? Yeah, absolutely. Why did you go with Adam Booth then? You know, I, I looked at the, the trainers in the UK and I, I thought Adam suited my style more than other coach. And, you know, I believe that he is one of the best, if not the best, coach in the UK. You know, he has he, it's, he's arguably probably the best coach in the UK. You know, there's, there's obviously other coaches that are like Dominic Ingo and stuff. So, you know, they, they can they can take claim to that, that, that title. Though, you know, for me, I felt 
Adam should have mean more than any of the other coaches, and that's that's why I wanted to go with him. I look at his, I look at his failures. I look at the bond he has with his failures, and you know, I felt that was also missing for me over in uh, in America. You don't get that kind of bond, is what I feel back here. You, you you have a coach who actually does care about you and wants you to succeed, and that's the paycheck at times. You wanted to do some of that synchronised pad work, didn't you? <laughs> You've seen Ryan Burnett and Josh Kelly doing that Strictly Come Dancing stuff, and you wanted a piece of the pie, didn't you, Mike? That's what you wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to walk the lane, yes, I did. <laughs> Give me some domestics. Give me some housekeeping. How's it going to work, Then You're going to live in London? Are you going to live in Ireland? Are you going to travel back and forth? Where are you going to be based when you're here in the, in the UK? Most yeah, of the time. I'm base, yeah, I'm going to base myself most of the time in London. Um, I just got an apartment and stuff sorted myself there in, uh, in Epsom, so... You know, it's 20 minutes from the gym. It's nice mm. and handy. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll travel back and forth to see my, my family, obviously, and they'll come and see me, my, my fiance, and my daughter. And, you know, but I feel that most of my time will be spent in, in London, you know, dedicating myself to doing what I do best, and that's boxing. And regarding promotional, you're still with Bob? You're still with Top Rank? They're still going to be looking after you? Listen, we're still with Top Rank, and we're still taking over the world, and that's the main thing. Cool, man. Cool. So what's so what's the plan this year then? 2018. What we're we going to see? How many times? Three times? Four times? What we're we going to see out of Michael Conlon? Um, I think we're going to see about five again. You know, I think by the end of the year I'll be I'll be 10 and 0 and and in a position where you know I feel like I'll be pushing on towards titles or or some sort of have some sort of titles and then next year I feel world titles is, is, wow. is definitely uh, on the horizon 100. percent Big shout. Top Big man. Shout. Top man. Listen, always a pleasure to have you on, buddy. Thank you very much That's uh, for Michael. joining us. Cheers, John, mate. Take care, mate. Superb stuff. Big fan of his. I do like Michael Conlon. He's got personality it's and cool. he does it in the ring as well. He's cool and good looking as well. Mm. Wicked tattoo of the rosary beads around his oh, neck. come on. Do eh? me a favour. <laughs> He's got the lot. <laughs> uh, now, my uh, team are looking at me anxiously because uh, they know full well that we've got to do certain things on this show by certain times. Now, normally what we would do here is go to the fantasy fights. Yeah. Uh, scenario, but I'm going to save that to the back end of the show. All right, we're mm-hmm. going to save the fantasy fights uh, thing to the back end of the show. This is basically where uh, me and Johnny dream up fighters from uh, years gone by, pit them together, and kind of come up with an idea of uh, how they would get on in modern day warfare. That's coming up a little bit later on after we've spoken to Gareth A. Davis, who, by the way, is still out in America. He's having a right old time. I bet he's there. hating it. I bet he's hating that yeah. sun and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pina coladas by the beach. Well, you want to see who he's been knocking about with this week, mate. Our very own Gary, uh, Gareth A. Davis caught up with the legend that is Andre Ward at his favourite be- breakfast eatery. I've just read that. As if he's out, he's been out for breakfast with him rather than <laughs> going to the gym with him. Uh, that's near Auckland, California this week. They were with uh, each from nine in the morning till midday. But he got the former champ's thoughts on the upcoming bout between George Groves and Chris Eubank Jr. next month in the World Boxing Super Series. I mean, I think the fight is good. I think it's good. I think, you know, it's a question of what does George Groves have, have left? I think that's the biggest question for him. And I think he has to prove that to himself. Um, and, and who better to do it than a guy, you know, uh, kind of with the buzz that Eubank, Eubanks Jr. has. And then, you know, Eubanks has to keep the train on the track, so to speak. He's got to keep winning and winning impressively to kind of back up he and his father's big talk. Except to say what Eubanks has. I don't, I don't like, for me, I just sit back and I watch because I know the hype and all that stuff is good for the media and the fans, but the reality of it is you don't know how good you are until you, the fighter doesn't know how good he is. He can believe what he wants to believe and he should believe that he's the best. But you don't know until you get on that big stage. And then, the demand is not just to do it on one night. You have to do it over 
and over and over again to prove that you that you're who you say that you are. So I, I like to just sit back and kind of let let the smoke settle down and let let everything settle down and see. Okay, let's see how good these guys are over an extended period of time. And you hope that they turn out to be who they say they are. It's good for the sport. You want to see champions and great fighters emerge. I'm not one of those guys that's going to be a retired guy like, oh, everything is, you know, in light of what I did. And like, nah, man, like, I had my time. My legacy is set. And, man, my peers let me know about it. I get so much love. It, it's, 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 it's amazing. It blows me away. Um, I'm one of those guys that want to push the, 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 the sport forward. And I want to see guys emerge. So I'm excited to see if, if he can become a, a truly great fighter. Andre Ward, who caught up with our very own Gareth A. Davis. We're going to be speaking to Gareth uh, very shortly here on Fight Night, so make sure you stick around for that. Andre Ward hinting this week that he might uh, he might have a little bit of a knock. Before we even get to him mm. thinking of coming back, how good was he? He was top draw. Top draw when... It, it, and remember... Why does he, he get was, such a bad rap? Because he, we haven't, we've not seen enough of him. He's not mouthy. He's not a bad. Ma- he's not. He doesn't. He, he doesn't yeah. bad mouth people out of there. He. Uh, he. He. The, the problem with Andre Ward is he didn't box often enough for us to, to really appreciate him. He had and promotional he actually, difficulties, didn't he, at one point when right, he went out the right. ring and, for and a and period of time. He actually should be probably. He should have probably earned a lot more than what he did out of the sport. Hmm. So you look at what he's achieved. You look at how. how I'm just guesstimating how much he has has accumulated yeah, in yeah. the sport. He sh- he should be one of the richest fighters talking, in the world. We're talking Floyd Mayweather money, aren't That's we? That's what I'm saying. But but because he didn't fight that often, because he's he's actually not bothered about. He's bothered more about the game than he is the fame. Yeah. So therefore, that was his, that was a side of offence he was happy to sit on. He'd, he'd be there with Virgil Hunter. He was a guy that lived in the gym that all all the time. That was his that was his second home. Yeah. So I get that. I get where he's coming from. And I get that he's just thinking, you know what? I don't really care about that. I'm all right. My home's all right. I got a house. I got my family. I'm good. I don't think we'll see him back again. I think he's playing a dance with everybody. <laughs> We're going to find out from Gareth because Gareth's been hanging out with him uh, in California this week. Stick around. It's coming up next on Fight Night. Uh, You're listening to Talk Sport. This is Fight Night with me, Adam Catterall. My normal partner in crime has been on holiday for a month. So tonight, Johnny Nelson's with me in the studio. However, my normal partner in crime is Gareth A. Davis. I'm a little bit apprehensive about next week when he's back, you know, Johnny. Mainly because he's been in California for for a good month on a diet of quinoa and kiwi fruit, <laughs> he's going to come back all zened out. With an American accent. Oh, 100% there's going to be a twang. Yeah. There's no doubt there's going to be a twang. Shades on, shades on. Yeah. He's probably, always got his shades on. He does the show with his shades on. probably be yellow, like start skin hot, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know he's moved, I know he's moved. There he is, there he is. Anyway, he's here now. Uh, how are you, Gareth? You well, mate? I'm very well. And I've climbed out of my man-sized town and picked up my toys from throwing them earlier on my hissy fit at you guys for not mentioning me on your tweet. So, no, um, well, you need Well, obviously, at some time, the quinoa and the kiwi fruit are doing yeah. me some good because I'm <laughs> able to climb back um, with my toys. So, um, yeah, I'm fine. Listen, it's, it's been, I've loved tonight's show, guys. It's been brilliant. I thought Josh Warrington was brilliant. Michael Connell, as you know, is a big star. I was at that debut of his in, in Madison Square Garden Theatre um, and as Johnny knows, um, you know, when you're out here in America on on the trail, as you, as you said, Adam, I've been here five weeks. It's extraordinary the things that open up. And, uh, you know, you know, we just heard from, from Andre Ward there. But I mean, hopefully we'll hear more from him next week because, you know, we spent the whole morning together. And uh, as you were both rightly speaking about Andre Ward, 
The great thing about the guy is he's stuck to his guns. He's utterly authentic. He won't compromise. As you mentioned, Adam, he, he sat two years out after his promotional dispute with Dan Goosen. He's never been fully recognised. He won the same Olympic gold medal as Muhammad Ali did yeah, in Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was undefeated. Yes, he won the Super Sixes and it made his name. And, and there, were a bit of, there was a bit of stumbling and stuttering after that. But you know what? Undefeated, I think he went out of the sport as number one pound for pound in the world. And what he did tell me was this. Here we go. Here we go. He's coming back. He's coming back yeah. at heavyweight, Johnny. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to fight Johnny Nelson. Oh. <laughs> Let's do it. You're such a smiley fan. Listen, Gareth's taking 10%. Johnny He's making the fight. We're doing it. <laughs> he keeps saying that he wants to go to Cruiserweight and there's only one man to fight. It's Johnny Nelson. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Now in the so real world. <laughs> in the real world. Now, what he did say was, at some point, because he's making a documentary about his life at the moment, and I am so privileged that he's interviewing me for it. On, I'm speaking about his career on Tuesday wow. uh, when I come back from Vegas. Yeah, it's a real privilege, actually, because he's one of the guys I really admired. And what he said was, at some point over the next one or two years, and I want to know your theory on my theory on him here, is that he's going to get challenged by people or who will come up, and he said it's already starting to tickle at him, people who are coming through at either cruiserweight or light heavyweight, even heavyweight, where they say, Andre Ward, I'd have smashed him. Oh. And he said it's going to come, the challenge is going to come, and he said it's whether I can resist the challenge to go back. And you five years, five years, it takes five years to get out of your system, Gareth. Five exactly. years. Exactly. Floyd, Floyd, Johnny, Floyd came back three times from retirement, and mm. every time he came back bigger. Because when, when Andre makes this, it's a documentary movie, when it comes out later this year, um, people will go, God, he was good, wasn't he? God, yeah. we miss him. Mm. And, it's, and he'll, if, if the money's right and the opponent's right, he'll, maybe he'll slide back for one more, you know? Um, and I think it might happen, because you sit with him, he looks in fantastic shape. You know, he's, he's, he eats half his burrito. He's still 199 pounds. He's still talking about the day he schooled and beat up Carl Froch. Oh, um, the, uh, the, the Kovalev fights that he, he delights in telling about now. And next week, hopefully we'll play it out on the show. He's talking about Joshua and Parker, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and really what, what Anthony Joshua will have learned from that fight with Vladimir Klitschko, which stands him instead. Gareth, um, did, did, did you kind of did you did you sense he was sort of a student of the game? Did you sense that he knew he knows boxing, not just his weight? Because certain fighters they know just weight, but but how he spoke when he's talking about the heavyweights, he's talking about the cruiserweights. Did did, did you get a feeling yeah. that he knows the game? He he's got such a high fighting IQ. He's yeah. got such intelligence when it comes to look. He when you think of Andre Ward, Johnny Adam, you don't. He doesn't have a style. He just mirrored other people and he unlocked them. And and for me. That, that, that's what was brilliant. That was beautiful about him. And when, when you sit and talk to him, as we did together, we, we really did have a lovely, um, you can hear the noise in the background, the plate filled up. We met at nine, it filled up. By midday, it was absolutely full. And we, 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 I left and I was absolutely delighted because he, he really is, he's so intelligent on the game. And you can see why his partnership with Virgil Hunter has worked so well. He talks about Amir Khan, about Nicola Adams. Hopefully we'll run this out on the show next mm-hmm. week because it was a fantastic morning. Um, and I, and I, I don't think we've seen the last of him, frankly. Whoa, Whoa, there you go. He's dropping the bombs. I like that, man. <laughs> I like that indeed. Listen, um, overnight in America, I saw that uh, a pal of yours, Bob Arum, has confirmed that Vasil Lomachenko, I'm a big fan of his, Johnny's a big fan of his, you're a big fan of his, he's now going to be competing at lightweight. I'll tell you something, put them all on notice. It's extraordinary. 
extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to see Bob in his office on Monday as well, and Roy Jones Jr., so we'll have audio from those guys next week on the show as well. Um, Roy Jones Jr., of course, going into his last fight yeah. on February the 8th. Believe it or not, shown on UFC Fight Pass. What a weird world it's yeah. become. Um, but, but, you know, Vasyl Lomachenko, he's a, as we know, he's the WBO super featherweight champion at the moment. Um, Jorge Linares is fighting uh, tonight here in America, of course, and at the Forum in Inglewood, uh, just on, on the outskirts of Los Angeles, straight out of Compton. Um, and I think Bob is targeting, if, um, if he wins tonight, I think Bob is targeting a fight with Jorge Linares or even Ray Beltran, who's, yeah. I think, the number one challenger at the moment for the vacant WBO lightweight title. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You know, when you're around Lomachenko, watching him at his workouts and live at his fights, I was at the, um, who was I, which fight was that last year? I think it was a two of his fights, actually. You see his workouts, he does, the thing he does with a tennis ball, yeah. bouncing off a string of his head. The fight nights, you know, the way he destroyed Guillermo Rigondo, made him surrender, frankly, um, in what should have been a great fight. He's extraordinary. Um, and, and I think lightweight is probably the limit. He's not a very big man, but it would not surprise me to see him win a world title in three weight divisions um, with ease. I'd love to see him fight Linares, who, by the way, looks fantastic at the moment. But I think yes, he does. against this Southpaw battler, um, No Mercy Hester, um, the, the Filipino, it's going to be a good fight because he, um, he puts a lot of pressure on people, Jester. And, um, you know, Linares... I think is vulnerable when there's pressure on him, you know. If you let him throw his combinations, which are incredible, you must have seen some of the videos. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding, shots. outstanding. The problem with Linares for me, Gareth, and I don't know if you feel this, he's, he's one of those fighters that gets three, four rounds in the bag and then goes for a walk and then lets other fighters back into it. Mm. He didn't do it with Anthony <clears throat> Crawler, but he did that with, uh, with Kevin Mitchell, didn't he, uh, back in the day? And I've seen him do it on many occasions. I just hope he doesn't do it tonight because I don't want that fight to be spoilt, the possibility of him and Mikey Garcia. Yeah, exactly. That's an amazing fight as well, isn't it? I, mean, I have Garcia. I have got Garcia destroying Linares, believe it or not. I just think wow. Garcia is so strong. I think he's top five pound for pound already. I think Linares at the forum tonight, you know, um, um, I think the, the, the Pinoy fighter, the South Boy Pinoy fighter that he's up against, he was completely outboxed in the one big loss of his career to Miguel Vasquez when he challenged for the IBF um, lightweight title, I think it was about five years ago now. Mm. Like, he was comprehensively outboxed on the cards. And I think if Linares gets his kind of rhythm going in this fight, I think he will completely outbox yeah. uh, the Filipino. But um, wow. I'm sorry, I don't think he's got, I don't think he's got the, the power to withstand Mikey Garcia, frankly. That's a good observation, to be fair. Garcia is massive. I mean, he's fighting uh, Lipinitz, isn't he, up at uh, the next yeah. weight, and then he's even thinking of coming down to 135. A little bit of a penny, actually, for uh, Terry Flanagan's thoughts, because I know he was struggling to make lightweight, but if he was still there, if he was still the champ, Lomachenko would be his mandatory if he's moving up. That's, that's crackers to think about. It is. I mean, well, Frank Warren and, and Bob Arum did talk about that fight on several oh. occasions, and uh, they tried to make it. I mean, I, I still think that... I mean, t I remember talking to Terry about it. I went to his home one day, and we had a cup of tea, and I met his lovely family, and uh, we sat in his house, and he, and he was saying, I'd love to fight Lomachenko. He said, I know they'd make him the favourite. 
Um, and I think he would get outboxed by Lomachenko. But it, but it would be a tremendous fight. It would have been a tremendous fight. Mm. Who knows? Maybe they'll fight a light welterweight. You never know. But I think Terry will, Terry's massive. You, you stand next to Terry. Yeah. I'm not surprised he's moved up a division. And good luck to him at light welterweight. I think he'll become a world champion in that division as well, frankly. No, absolutely. Um, Gareth, just, I want to switch cords on you, if that's all right. Mm. If, I, if I can just flick over to uh, UFC 226, because this has happened over the last 24 hours. If you're not a massive mm. mixed martial arts fan or a massive UFC fan, this is huge. Because these two lads, we were talking about these a couple of weeks ago, uh, the heavyweight champion and the light heavyweight champion, and the UFC have kind of changed tact. This is all probably because of Conor McGregor of recent times, where they're, they're starting to make champion versus champion uh, matchups, which they don't normally do, and they've made one for UFC 226. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Corm, both Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic defended their respectively light heavyweight and heavyweight belts uh, at the TD Garden in Boston last weekend. Um, a great anticipation for Stipe Miocic facing Francis Ngannou, um, who has an amazing story out of Cameroon and then through France and Paris and so on. And Ngannou built like a truck. I mean, his trapezius is like, like I don't know, the manifold. It's like Johnny's. It's like Johnny's, mate. It's like Johnny's. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny's handsome frame. Yes, <laughs> right. How he got it into cruiserweight. Listen, you know I love Johnny. Johnny, I'm not going to say it on air, but Johnny knows I love him. I'm he just, knows I've just him. tweeted at you. You just check your tweet, mate. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the thing is, I'm Stipe Miocic. He was like he had to fight. It was almost like one has to be careful with analogies these days. But it, it was like. He was trying to kill some huge beast yeah. in that octagon. He could not get rid of him, but over five rounds, he comprehensively kind of smothered, if you like, Francis Ngannou. Um, Daniel Cormier defended his lightweight, light heavyweight title. And, and Cormier, never beaten that heavyweight in the UFC, he'd moved yeah. down to light heavyweight, yeah. is now going to face um, Stipe Miocic. Having said three weeks ago or four weeks ago, Adam, I'm never going to fight a heavyweight again. When I see the size of these fellas, what was I doing in the division? Yeah. Daniel's five foot ten, very round, one of the greatest wrestlers America's ever produced. I just hope he doesn't get tossed around like a rag doll by Stipe Miocic or completely outboxed. But yes, the UFC needs to do it at the moment. Some of their stars have kind of gone AWOL recently, Conor McGregor notably. Um, but I am hearing very loud noises. I was with Nate Diaz last uh, Saturday at the Forum uh, when I was at the Bellator 192 event. And, you know, he was kind of sniggering at me in a way that he does make deals. He's great fun to be with. And I was asking him questions about the Conor McGregor fight. And I do think the trilogy is in the works for Ooh, late summer. Nice. Um, yeah, it does look that way. Those are the whispers over here. Um, and also, that's a massive fight between yeah. those two. And I'm even hearing that after that, Conor McGregor may even fight Manny Pacquiao, you know. Um, wow. so, in an octagon. <laughs> well, I mean, two southpaws just throwing their, their hands at each other, basically. I think I think it'll be an exciting fight. Manny's way past his best, but I do think that's another kind of exhibition stroke MMA meets boxing fight that would still sell. And, I, and Manny Pacquiao needs one big fight to leave the arena. We can't even scoff at that because that's what we did when we, they were talking about the Mayweather fight. Look mm. how it went. It was probably one of the biggest... Uh, uh, viewing uh, fights yeah. of last year, uh, well, yeah. whenever it was. So uh, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. It happens. Second biggest of all time. Yeah. Second biggest of all time. Listen, yeah. Sugar, when are you back? What, what, what's the crack now? Are you are you going to join us next week? Are you staying out there forever? What are you doing? I'm 
coming home for an arm wrestle with you. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. I'll get. I'll get. Listen, I've missed our little tequilas. That's what I've been missing, sunshine. I'll post. I'll, Wait on a minute. Like, I thought I was special. It's me and him sat on the edge where road eating and drinking. <laughs> oh my! You're such a two-timer guy. You know what? I couldn't be better placed. I'm in Vegas and you two are fighting over me. <laughs> we will see you next week, my friend. We've got a lot of fights to get stuck into. Obviously, it's a Coley and Chamberlain next weekend. Looking forward to it. Enjoy this week. Looking forward to hearing you catching up with uh, one of my favourites of all time, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, Gareth, superb, mate. And speaking of Roy Jones Jr., we are going to do a little bit of a fantasy match-up next. Don't go anywhere. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Look at that, eh? Perfect. Now, how do we finish off uh, the final show of January? I'll tell you what we do. We create some fantasy matchups. Um, I've got one that I had in the back of my head because we've been speaking about Roy Jones Jr. a lot on the show yeah. tonight. And I'm going to come to it in a minute. The reason why I'm coming to it in a minute is because... It's kind of like Lennox Lewis and Deontay Wilder are actually listening to the show tonight <laughs> because they're getting involved in fantasy matchups. Check this out, right? This is Lennox Lewis's latest tweet uh, at around about half past seven this evening. I've just heard that Deontay Wilder has said that he would destroy a young Mike Tyson. Let's discuss that, Johnny, shall we? Shall we discuss that? I think yeah, we should. Yeah, let's discuss it. Okay. Uh, so undefeated bronze bomber that is Deontay yeah. Wilder. You're going to go and see him I in a couple actually, of weeks. I actually believe him. And we're talking about probably a seven-year-old Mike Tyson. <laughs> so I actually believe him. When he says a young Mike Tyson, you mean a primary school version of Mike Tyson <laughs> is what you're talking Mike about. Mike Tyson would fold him in two. And I'm going to see him in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, don't stop. Don't. Maybe it's to, 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 to start, get us to listen, look in his direction. He's saying some some mad stuff. It's like Floyd Mayweather saying he's, he's better than Ali, the best fighter ever. Yeah. It's just blasphemy. Um, I just think, you know what, he needs a bit of reality check. And, and Lennox is right. Just concentrate on your own era, who's around, what challenges are around. But I don't think there's many people going to back that bolster. When you when we're talking about a young Mike Tyson, that was when Mike Tyson was at his best. Exactly. exactly. Because everything that happened outside the ring that destroyed Mike Tyson in his prime, yeah. we didn't necessarily get to see it, did we? Exactly. And, and that's why... When he became youngest heavyweight champion at 21, that's... That's young Mike Tyson. Listen, as a, as a fighter, what Deontay's saying, he's got to talk like that. He's got to talk like he's king of the hill. He's got to talk like he's King Kong. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, reality is you get a good old ass kick. <laughs> and that's layman's terms, just in case you didn't understand that. He would get folded in too. There you go. Uh, so, Deontay, we love you to pieces, my friend. Johnny will be out to see you soon if you want to take it up with him. March the 3rd. Uh, this week, can you still believe that Roy Jones Jr. is still fighting? I know. I, I can't believe it. I just, I can remember doing like a gloves are off thing with him around the table with Steve Collins, Chris Eubank, Joe Kawasaki, and he was still trying to get a fight on with with, with the, the... The ones that he didn't face? Yeah, and I'm thinking, come on, man, let it go. Let it go. Well, he's, he's basically telling us that it's his retirement fight this week. Now, I want to bring him up regarding fantasy matchups, yeah. but I'm going to put him, even though the... Deontay Wilder Mike Tyson thing is two eras apart I'm going to try and bring somebody from his era yeah. into this because they never met and when Roy Jones Jr. was at his peak and he was folding everybody enough 
me as a fan, I was disappointed that I never got to see him against our peak super yeah. middleweights here in the UK. The likes of Eubank, the likes of Ben, the likes of Collins that you just mentioned yeah. there. Yes, okay, Calzaghe went in with him, but I would say, no disrespect to Joe, it was at the latter end of Roy Jones Jr.'s career. Yeah. Okay? So, those fights never really happened. So, I'm going to pick one, and I'm going to pick my favourite out of the lot. My favourite out of the lot is Nigel Ben. All right? Because ah. he's the, the most ferocious. I think, with all due respect to everybody else... Roy Jones Jr. will probably outbox them all. Yes. But Nigel Ben might have the equaliser in power if he catches we, we've it. We've seen that with Nigel Ben when he watched John McLaren. And, you know, you look at like Nigel, he doesn't look that good until you get in the ring with him. I think against Eubank, I think Roy would have been far too much for him, far too fast, had far too much movement. Against Nigel, Nigel was so unpredictable. He was so, you yeah. didn't know what he was going to do until you thought he was gone next minute he came back. But let me tell you a quick story. I, I used to live with Harold Bomber Graham. Harold Graham received a letter from a young fighter from America saying, please, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Uh, nice to speak to you, Mr. Graham. I'm glad you've read my, uh, you're reading my letter. Please give me the honour of sharing a ring with you to fight. I said, who's that from? Oh, some kid called Roy Jones Jr. I know you are. So, and I had no idea who it was. Errol had no idea who it was. And I'm thinking, all oh, right, and you threw it away. That was no. it. No. So, Roy written a letter asking if he could share the ring with him. We had no idea who he was. That was in his early days, Errol Slungit. Professionally or sparring? He wanted a professional knockdown with To fight him professionally. Whoa. That was back in the day. So it's I'm, I'm, I, I can blame Harold for never seeing him in the UK. <laughs> he, he could have called him over here, couldn't he? He didn't know who he was. He had no idea who he was. Uh, there you go. When it comes to fantasy matchups, we're going Roy Jones Jr., Nigel Benn. Roy Jones to outbox him over 12? Yeah. Yeah. Roy, on, on his day, yeah, every day of the week. He was unbelievable, yeah. wasn't it? There you go. There's the fantasy matchups for this week. Uh, now then, just before we clear off, I think it's only fair that we touch upon uh, the title... F- well, I said the title fight tonight. Um, I don't know too much about Gester. Uh, like Gareth was saying there, he is a pressure fighter, but I do know a lot about Jorge Linares. I've seen him up close and personal against Anthony Crawler. I thought he looked absolutely mustard in mm. uh, in Manchester. He looked brilliant. I really hope that he's on top form tonight because I've seen Linares in the past go for a walk in the middle of a fight. You know what? Linares, what the, the Linares we're seeing now is way past the best Linares. Like years ago, yeah. Linares was top dog. This guy was on fire. And if he fancies it, if he, like when he came back to Buck the second time, he was on point on every level. Yeah. But you're right. Sometimes he falls asleep, he drifts off He drifts off in a fight. And so he needs that challenge. But the, the version we're seeing now is nowhere near as good as the version he was yesterday. But I still think he has, he, he, the, what he has is still... You could still mix him in the top top level top tier yeah. of what's what's around in the world because Lenaris on point when he fancy he now has the wisdom. You got to go through experiences good and bad to get wisdom. He's been through them all. Unfortunately, your body doesn't check that because it gets a little bit mm. older. But I think uh, Lenaris, if he's on form, he should do a job. If he's on form, but it's going to be it will always be tight for him. It'll always be a hard run for him because he's getting older now. So he comes through that tonight. Mm-hmm. Keeps his belt. You've got Garcia fighting at the weight above. Yep. Saying that he's coming down because the WBC yep. have said, listen, man, you've got to come down and mandate this yep. fight. That's a hell of a matchup, Garcia against uh, Linares, isn't it? Oh, my it? goodness, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I, I'd, I'd look at Garcia. Are you I, going I, with Gareth I, I on that? Gar- too big? Yeah, yeah. Gar- Garcia's just too fresh, too big. Too, he's just he's just got too much. And then we're putting Lomachenko in the mix. Oh, no, this, <laughs> that's the guy you need to develop amnesia with or wear some blinking. I've never heard of him. What are you talking about? Got a few fights to do. Let's do it in 2022. 
Oh, I'll tell you something, that'll be exciting because then that opens up all the British fighters, the likes of Luke Campbell. I mean, yep. Anthony's still in that mix. You've got guys that we could get Lomachenko over to the UK no, and have a bit of a knock. No, no, Yeah, <laughs> I want to see him. I'm a fan. Get him over here. What's up with you, man? No, you're not going to have a lot of happy fans if he comes over. <laughs> Listen, pleasure as always to have you on. You're in the O2 next week, aren't yeah, you, for yeah. uh, the big showdown, I, the big domestic showdown? I'm so looking forward to that fight. I'm glad the Cruiserweights are still not, now starting to make a, a noise in the boxing world. Obviously, we've seen a Usyk unify the, the cruiserweight title and of course you know a Coley and uh, and Chamberlain that is going to be a wicked fight I'm so looking forward to that there you go we'll catch you next week there was a young man called Paddy who provided odds on football racing and kabaddi every Friday he shares his tips live on air because when it comes to form he's their daddy don't miss Paddy's punts every Friday afternoon with Hawksby and Jacobs on Talk Sport with Paddy Power Get a punter's eye view of all the form, the boot room rumours and where the smart money's going from across the sporting planet. Don't miss Paddy's Punts every Friday afternoon with Hawksby and Jacobs on Talk Sport with Paddy Power. You beauty. Oh, I got my car a Ford Motorcraft service. It cost just £149 in a participating Ford dealer and it included a 30-point e-check. Oh, well, at least my Ford will be prepared for winter. Book your Ford Motorcraft service at ford.co.uk. Prices recommended retail price, including parts, labour and VAT. Terms and conditions apply. Oops! Mmm, a spag bowl. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 